Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Grant to us, Lord, we pray, the Spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you may by you be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the proclamation of the word. reading from the book of Kings. At Horeb, the mount of God, Elijah came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, of Abel-Mehaloah, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes from the sword of Hazael, 
Jehu shall kill, and whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave seven thousand in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. The word of the Lord. Let us say together a portion of Psalm 85. I will listen to what the Lord God is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people and to those who turn their hearts to him. Truly his salvation is very near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring up from the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. The Lord will indeed grant prosperity, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and peace shall be a pathway at his feet. reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend in heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, and your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim, because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart, and so is justified. And one confesses with the mouth, and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is the Lord of all and is generous to all who call on them. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one to, of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim them? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. 
When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. The gospel story this morning of Jesus walk or yeah, Jesus walking on water and Peter wanting to follow him is found in Mark, Matthew, and John, but not in Luke. And there's a couple of interesting things about Matthew's gospel in that it is the only gospel that talks about Peter wanting to follow Jesus and come out of the boat. The other ones stop, and there's no interaction, no discussion between Jesus and the disciples. It's almost as if Jesus is a ghost for them. Because if we were to see someone like that, we would naturally call out to them. But it's only Matthew who designates that Peter is the one who says something. And we have to take it back to what is going on in the community that Matthew is writing to. We always think of the Gospels in terms of who is the audience, just as people who write today think about who is their audience. So Matthew's audience is a group of people that feel persecuted, that feel misunderstood. They're waiting for Jesus to return as he has promised. So you can imagine that they're becoming a little sad, confused, angry. All of the things that we feel when it seems as if we have been abandoned. The other interesting piece of this story is that it comes right after the feeding of the 5,000, which before that is the beheading of John the Baptist. So Jesus has had a lot happen in his life. He is exhausted. And he makes, makes the disciples get into the boat. We can imagine them saying to Jesus, I don't want to, we don't need to do that. We want to stay with you. We want to be with you. 
You have so much to teach us and tell us. And he says, no, you, I need, as we all can understand, I need a little me time, is what Jesus is really saying. So they climb into the boat and they start across the sea. And it gets rough, which is very similar to another story in the Gospels, when Jesus is in the bow of the boat and he's asleep and the storm calls up and they call out for him. So water is ever-present in the life of Jesus. He calls fishermen who made their living on water. We are baptized into a new life, just as he was baptized by John the Baptist. So it's only natural that water would feature large in the, these gospel stories, because it is what the people understood. People knew what fishermen did. They understood that it was a rough and dangerous life. So getting into a boat where storms could come up quickly, we can imagine they understood the danger that was ever present as we do with people who make their living fishing. The deadliest catch does not keep repeating itself for no reason at all. Come on, please laugh, just giggle a little. But I also think that the story of Peter getting out of the boat, we look at it as, why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? And ever since then, Peter has been denigrated as the one who, when he started walking on the water, was afraid and doubted. And suddenly, the person that Jesus was, is closest to is seen as a, a figure of fun. Someone that we can say, well, I would never do that. I mean, if I were walking on the water with Jesus, I wouldn't be afraid. Well, I think each of us can safely say that at some point, yes, we might be a little nervous about this. But the other interesting piece of all of this about Peter is that his walking on the water is as Pema Chodin, a Buddhist teacher says, fear is a natural reaction of moving closer to the truth. Wasn't Peter moving closer to the truth when he got out of that boat and started walking on water towards Jesus? He knew there was something different about the teacher. He saw it when he, was trans when he saw Jesus transfigured on that mountain, which was the Feast of the Transfiguration this week. He knew there was something special. This wasn't just another run-of-the-mill teacher that they had all met and had faded away, walked away, been killed. This was someone special, someone that Peter wanted to be close to. And one of the things that we've also not understood is that Jesus chose Peter as one of those to be closest to. Peter was his confidant and his comrade. If we think of John, the beloved disciple, as being Jesus' comrade, the one, that he was, the one that he loved best. But really it was Peter who was willing to call out the truth, those hard truths that we don't always want to hear and don't always understand. Because 
Peter was willing to risk all to get out of the boat. He was willing to risk all to walk towards Jesus. And he was willing to risk all when he said that, declared that Jesus was the Son of God. In his humanity is what we love best about Peter. Peter is a little bit like all of us, rough, says things, blurts things out when he ought not to. Up on the mountain, he said, let's stay here. Then he goes down and Jesus calls him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Because he's constantly saying what's in his mind. And he shows great bravery because he is moving towards the truth. Peter, in this story, is not someone that we should mock or make fun of. Peter shows us just who we are. I've been trying to not talk about the pandemic in my sermons, but it's very difficult right now as we find ourselves getting closer to the... Sorry. Getting closer to the cases increasing in Winnebago County getting closer to not understanding what is going on and getting closer to perhaps going back to the way it was with everything closing down. We're watching millions of cases in our country and hundreds of thousands of people dying and we don't understand exactly what it is that we are in the middle of. Every conversation I have had with someone naturally moves towards the pandemic. And we talk about it and talk about it till, frankly, we're tired of talking about it. But we're fearful. And we're trying to move closer to understanding what is going on. We're trying to understand when it will end. And we're trying to understand our part in all of it. How can we help? How can we make things better? What can we do as followers of Christ? One of the things that has really needled at people for whatever reason is the wearing of masks. They are uncomfortable, let's face it. None of us here wants to wear one forever. But if we wear one for now and wear it properly, we get that much closer to having this end. These are difficult times. These are times that are frightening, and these are times when courage, like Peter showed, we are called to exhibit to our fellow human being. Fear is what drives us to get closer to the truth. And when they all got back into the boat, they fell down on their knees, and they proclaimed Jesus as the Son of God. They were getting closer to the truth. And we also know that what the truth did was it killed our Savior. But it also gave us great freedom, because we never had to worry anymore about what was next, because we knew that he was saving us a lot of times from ourselves. So we should celebrate Peter's walk on the water. 
We shouldn't see him as someone to malign or make fun of, but to see someone who's brave and fearless and willing to go to any length to be closer to their Lord. May it be so for all of us as we draw close to him, especially right now when it is frightening and confusing. May God stand with us and be with us. Amen. Amen. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others 
and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Ellen, Jan, Jessica, Kristen, Lisa, Mary, Marianne, Mike, Nancy, Pat, Rich, Ruth, Scott, Walt, and all people in shelter care ministries. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially Oscar, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. We rejoice with those who are celebrating birthdays, especially Amy, Sean, Jane, and those celebrating anniversaries, especially Bill and Judy, Wayne and Jenny, David and Tammy, John and Rosa. Lord, in your mercy, your intercessions and thanksgivings offered aloud or silently are welcomed at this time. Accept the fervent prayers of your people and the multitude of your mercies. Look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we, we confess, confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. My friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you.
Well, good morning, everyone. So glad that you have joined us either online or here at the church. And if you are looking for a church home, please know that you are in it, and we are so glad that you have joined us this morning. Just a couple of announcements. Uh, Wednesday evening, we will be discussing white fragility in the church, and also it will be streaming on Facebook Live. Um, and as I mentioned, for those of you who were not in the church before, the, oh, please sit down. <laughs> I'm just used to people, you know, doing, doing their thing. Um, there was a, I had an email from the diocese that we may be tightening things up. They requested that perhaps we have church outside, but as long as we are following the protocols that we've set out, we are, we are safe in, in the physical distancing we're doing here. So if you do have any concerns, please do call me and we can talk through those. We may have to return to morning prayer, but the one thing that is so important is that we wear our masks properly. I know it's difficult. And also that we uh, sanitize our hands. Final announcement, I will be on vacation beginning Thursday until the following Wednesday. If you need to speak with someone in an emergency, please do call Doug. But I would be remiss if I did not call out two couples who are celebrating their wedding anniversaries today. Ginny and Wayne, they're up in the choir loft, and Judy and Bill, which are down here on the right. How long have you been married? 51 years. 51 years. And Wayne and Ginny, I know you've been married 50 years, correct? Well, best wishes and God's blessings on you for the coming year. And I'm sure that most of, most of the years, if not all, have been joyous and wonderful. Ascribe your Lord the honor to his name. Bring offerings and come into his courts.